Teaching Channel Talks. As often as I can, I talk to expert educators about how to best address the most challenging issues in education. In this episode, I've got a clip for you from a recent webinar with Shannon Rice and Keely Keller. Our webinar was School Year Success Strategies to Instill Positive Behavior in the Classroom. I'm going to ask you two for some specific uh, call to action opportunity here. Keely, I know you care about this topic. It's part of your life's work. And, and we would be neglectful if we said, hey, you know, come to our EdWeb webinar, sit with us for an hour, get a certificate, and then go back to what you have been doing. So how about challenging us with a call to action here? Yeah, so I have two. Okay. Um, but the first one is to leverage your resources. Like I said before, behavior is challenging and um, changing behavior or learning about behavior, it, it's, it's hard. And it's one of the hardest things that educators need to do and administrators need to do. So I really want you to leverage, leverage your resources, the resources around you. Um, you are not alone in this and, and really behavior is going to go better and be more positive if there's multiple people working the same plan for students that may be struggling. Um, so, you know, one of the resources that we forget about are our parents and guardians. And the reason that I say that is because they're, they obviously they know their student or their child better than anyone else. They have specific goals for their child. Um, and they see things at home. They understand developmental, you know, developmentally how the child kind of grew up and, and reached those developmental milestones. They understand health history, all those things. So they're, they're a wealth of knowledge. And you know, right away, it should be a, a reach out to introduce yourself and to say, hey, I want to come together around this this challenge that we have. And I know that you have a lot of information and I care about your child. Um, and so let's work on this together. Um, another resource that we forget about is the students. Uh, so I, I worked with a student who was in a setting for program. So she was actually in my program um, that I was running and then I switched jobs and then she transitioned back to her regular high school. And so um, she was really struggling with all the teachers, but she knew me. And so she would come and chat with me about things. And I finally just said it to her, what is it that you need? And she's like, I just need to be held accountable. And I need some kind of like a, I don't know, contract. And I was like, okay, well, if, let's try it, right? And so um, sometimes kids know what they need before we do, and, and it's okay to ask them, you know, what do you think that you need? How can we start to help you be more successful? Um, and then there are specialists all around you, um, behavior analysts. Um, some schools have them, some schools don't, uh, but behavior analysts can be very helpful. School psychologists as well have a great understanding of behavior and function of behavior and intervening on that. Um, special education teachers, specifically special education teachers that work with students who may have emotional or behavioral challenges. Um, and then you're, these are called all different things in schools, but um, a teacher assistance team or your RTI team, and some schools do have a PBIS team. Um, also, just a little side note, that's a great way to learn about behavior and behavior intervention is to join your PBIS team. So little shout out there to that. <laughs> Let's pause, no, let's pause right there because we put some we put a question in asking people about resources in their programs. And then I'm going to put the pressure on you, Shannon, to to motivate us to put what put this conversation to work. What what are you asking teachers to do? We know this is important. We know it makes a difference. 
what do we do? So my biggest piece that I'm asking teachers to do is to really sit down and make a plan for their classrooms and go through and say, what is it I want students to do each and every day within my classroom? That might be making that list of rules and procedures, but going through and thinking intentionally, what do I want to plan for to plan this instruction? Because if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And so with our academic instruction, we already have a set of standards to guide our instructional practice. That's the beginning. We have our standards, whether they come from the state or from the district. Well, we don't have those for behavior. So you have to start by planning your own standards. What do I want each thing to look like within my classroom? So that might mean sitting down and visualizing your ideal class period or your ideal day. What does each step look like? How does it function? And you actually have to plan each and every one of those steps before you can design the instruction for it. And so making a giant chart of each and every procedure that you're gonna want students to go through so that then you can plan your steps for how you will instruct it. So having that giant plan of what will all of those steps be so that you can then, as a teacher, instruct all of those pieces and follow that good teaching methodology of plan, instruct, practice, feedback, get some data through assessment, and then follow that cycle again. Make it good instruction. Just because it's behavior doesn't mean it doesn't take just as much of our time. And really, if we put that time in in the beginning, it's gonna pay us dividends down the road We'll have so much more time down the road for that quality academic instruction and really to be able to have time with these amazing human beings that we get to have in our charge for however long they're within our classroom, that really it's going to pay us back. So taking that time to intentionally plan, that's really my charge going forward. Yes, you two did not let me down with the call to action. It's one thing to have a discussion about it, and it's another to understand how to take the first steps. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. This puts us right where we want to be in our discussion, positioned for some real school year success. I'd love to ask each of you, Shannon, maybe maybe first, how, how best do we think about questions related to rewards? Where do you stand on that? I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer here, but but what's your what's your rationale for whatever your answer is? Well, I think it rewards or reinforcers have a place. It really is all about intentionality. What's your purpose? If you're looking at reinforcing a behavior, then a reinforcer can have a purpose. We all reward ourselves with different things, whether it's a trip to get a coffee or if I finish my workout today, then I get a little ding and a star on my smartwatch then we all have a different reinforcer. So we'll work for sticker. Um, Cheryl wants us to think a little bit about the high school level. She says, we've got a lot of chat about things that seem elementary classroom centric. It's about knowing your students and asking your students what motivates them. Just because students are taller and older doesn't mean that they're not interested in working for something. Um, when I worked with high school students, we asked them, what would they like to do? What would they like to earn? And they said, yeah, I mean, we like to earn coupons for food and things like that. But I had a student who said, really, can you put 
that I can earn tickets toward wearing a crown one day? And I said, yes, I will put a crown and a magic wand in that prize box and you can earn that. Sometimes it's sitting in the teacher chair. Sometimes it's just the acknowledgement. Yeah, they get a token and a reward, but ultimately what they're really getting is the interaction with you. Yes, they, they, they think they're getting a sticker or they're getting that pencil on it, but really they're getting that time that they're interacting with you as the adult. That they're getting that relationship. Let's type into the chat. If you've got a go-to way to help have students get some positive recognition, drop it in there. Leave candy off the list and please don't get me started on how I don't like more passes. <laughs> but let's get some other, other suggestions there in the chat. Keely, there was a suggested, a question suggested uh, from the group asking, what if you have a, a class that maybe only meets once or twice a week, maybe it's 40 minutes and, and you've got 100 students? How do you how do you establish routines? How do you communicate expectations when you have so so few sort such rare touch points? Yeah, yep. Again, with proactivity and and intention. I mean, I think even right away in the beginning of the semester, those are conversations that are important. And if you have them posted, um, then that reminds the student, even if they're only coming into your classroom once or twice a week, they're they're understanding. Oh, the expectations are right there. We talked about those at the beginning of the class period. Um, or the class session. And so we know that those are the things that are expected. Um, and part of having high expectations is really understanding that kids understand why why we want them to behave in a certain way. They understand that if their behavior is going smoothly, that there's more teaching and learning and engagement and activity that can actually occur. So sometimes we need to give kids the benefit of the doubt that they that they do understand why we need those things. And oftentimes if there is a challenge, it's okay to, to just pause class for a moment and say, okay, wow, there's a lot of talking out going on, you know, going on right now. I'm noticing this. It's hard for me to instruct, to, you know, turn to your peer and tell them what you're so excited about. And we'll come back to this instruction in a minute. Because the truth of it is, is they're all humans. We're all humans. We do want to be heard. We do want to talk. Um, and so sometimes just providing that opportunity is what's needed. Well, this was a, a much needed opportunity that we were able to provide today to gather as a community of educators and talk about um, being proactive and really setting our students up for positive behavior. Um, on the screen, if you appreciate meaningful professional development and continuing education, then please take an opportunity to explore our offerings. We are part of a family of companies. I teach Teaching Channel, Learner's Edge, Lavinia Group, Inside Education, Inside Advance, and we are all about everything for educators from early childhood all the way through until you know grade 30 or whatever whatever you whatever you are when you're as old as I am. Uh, I'm going to pause here with a special thank you to Shannon and to Keely for being my guests today for sharing knowledge, specific examples, benefits, uh, recommendations and for sharing of yourselves in a topic that's really important especially at this time of year. Shannon and Keely, thank you both. Thank you for joining me for this episode, an excerpt from a recent webinar, School Year Success, Strategies to Instill Positive Behavior in the Classroom. You can find the links to the things that Shannon and Keely and I talked about in the show notes below or at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. Leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast listening app you use. It will help more educators to find us. See you soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. 